This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, 7.06 a.m. on Wednesday, the 25th of January. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar in studio today with Philip C. and Wong Xiaoning. Now, in half an hour, we're going to be discussing the outlook for Hong Kong equities in the coming year. But as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with a recap on how global markets closed overnight. U.S. markets closed mixed. The Dow was up 0.3%, S&P 500 down 0.1%, and the Nasdaq was down 0.3%. Over in Asia, it was relatively quiet because only Nikkei was open and they were up 1.5%. Everyone else was closed due to the Lunar New Year. Of course. And um, for some insights into what's ahead this week for markets, we have on the line with us Jack Cousy, Director for Strategy at VFS Group. Jack, good morning. Thanks as always for joining us. So this week is shaping to be a major one for U.S. earnings. We have 40% of the Dow scheduled to release their latest financial results. Um, Let's start off with what we do know. We we saw Microsoft's um, earnings overnight. What do you make of their results? Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, look, it's easy to beat when expectations are so low. Um, and that's where we are. But it was generally not a bad quarter for a company that was down 29% um, last year. I think the key numbers are the Azure growth still at 31% and the beat on cloud. Um, and it just shows you that this is a strong fundamental company and, and it's going to ride through. I, the guiding down, I think, is a bit of a worrying sign. They did you know, predict that the next couple of quarters would be quite tough. Um, but all in all, this was a solid quarter, You know, not their greatest quarter ever, um, in a tough environment. I mean, we've got to remember about companies like Microsoft uh, in this tech space. You know, They had three years' worth of earnings pulled forward in the space of 10 months because of COVID. So generally things are going to slow down and you obviously have a slowing economy in the US and the consumer is, is under pressure, um, uh, in, under increasing pressure because of interest rates. So a B plus in a, in a tough market um, and one I think you should continue to accumulate in your portfolio. Okay, Jack, what about the rest of the NASDAQ? I mean, it's up 8.3% on a year-to-date basis. Not bad a performance. Is it too late to get in the game or are there still more legs to this rally? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? We've got some big reporting ahead of us. Um, if I had to highlight one that I think would move the NASDAQ, well, the one that I'm looking at specifically is Tesla, which is coming in the next 24 hours. Uh, now, I know Tesla is a bit of a niche company um, in terms of its car making and its batteries, but I think it's a bit of a bellwether. I think it's going to um, entice people to either you know buy more of tech or sell down a tech and i think the number that we're looking at is where they guide in terms of margins going forward so if we look at their gross margins in the september quarter they were roughly at 27 percent you know i expect them to guide down to the 15 to 17 percent mark and i think the going through this earnings period the big word or the big two words is how bad is margin compression for these companies? You know, in, in last year and the year before, they were able to pass on price hikes to the consumer, and that was easy because the consumer was flush with cash, had a lot of savings. You can't do that um, specifically. And you look at the car market, the EV car market. I mean, Tesla's dropped the Model Y by thirty percent. Um, I think that'll that'll lead to a, a pull in demand for them. But that's the one I'm really watching tonight uh, with bated breath to see what they look like in the last quarter and how they're going to guide forward, but particularly 
what is their margins looking like? And, and that's uh, a notion I'm looking across um, a lot of reporting over the next couple of weeks. Okay, Jack, but aren't you concerned that uh, Elon Musk has stretched himself a little too much? I mean, he paid $44 billion US dollars for Twitter. Apparently, he's uh, racked up, I think, close to what? More than $10 billion US dollars in loans. And where's the cash going to come from? So speculation that he might have to sell down Tesla stock. Yeah, I mean, I th- that's, that, that's one you have to watch. And by no means am I calling Tesla a buyer at this uh, at this level. But long term, I think it's a fantastic buy. I think this company's got a leg up against all other EVs and got great technology. To answer your question about Elon, I mean, it's hard to doubt this man. You know, he's done it before. I'm sure he'll do it again. Um, but yes, it's a worrying sign. And this stock is under a lot of pressure for a number of reasons. And one of those is because Elon has become such a controversial character and is stretched. Um, but uh you know, I always say if aliens ever invaded, Elon would come and save us. So uh, half a doubt it. Are you sure he's not one of them, Jack? He might be. He's got the personality for one, I'll tell you that. And that's not a dig at Elon. Um, but it, it, I, look, going back, I think this is this is a key stock. You know, it's 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 widely owned, it's uh, very well known, and it's gonna be really interesting where they are at right now. Um, particularly in margins and particularly in production and deliveries. But Jack, maybe it's not the alien that will save us, but the rabbit, isn't it? Because we usher it in the Chinese New Year. Um, in view of equity markets in China close, where do you expect stocks to hit once markets reopen? I mean, you know you know the answer to this. We've been talking for well over three years. Um, I, I, I'm bullish. You know, I, I am super bullish um, on, on where China is at. And there are a number of reasons for that. One, you are reopening the economy. It'll be a staggered uh, open, right? Let's not let's not hide behind it. China doesn't pull band-aids, right? Doesn't do do that. It'll be a staggered open. Yes, they have signaled to the world that they're reopening. Um, you've got favorable monetary policy. Um, you've got inflation that is quite low when you compare it to the rest of the world, and you have a consumer who has been locked inside their house for a long time, who has managed to save more than any other country in the world. So all the signs say that, you know, we're going to see a really good year of the rabbit for Hong Kong equities and Chinese equities in general. Um, So I'm quite bullish. And then you have, you know, the the, the two-year slide in equities. And when you look at them and you compare them on a forward PE basis to some of the tech companies within the US, they look quite cheap. Um, So... I'm I'm quite bullish. I'm very bullish the tech sector and very bullish consumer discretionaries going forward in China. Let's take it. Let's turn over to Australia, Jack, where you are. Consumer spending is incredibly robust there. Uh, if the latest numbers from retailers like Myers and JB Hi-Fi are anything to go by, does this mean that RBA's rate hikes are having little or no effect on discretionary spend? Yeah, I mean, it's it's surprising to be honest with you. I was very surprised with those numbers. Um, I think you've still got a lag on effect of excess savings from the COVID lockdowns. Um, But to be honest with you, if you go through main streets of busy suburbs, you know, I live in a busy suburb just outside the CBD, um, there's a lot of closures. So I think small business is struggling. um, And I think retailers discounted a lot during that Christmas period. If you look at the broader economy and you take a look at our property market, and I've talked about this a few times on on the morning run, um, it's under a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. Uh, And I don't think we've seen the worst of it. So 
I generally believe this is a, um, you know, a breakout in a small period because of Christmas, but I don't expect those numbers to continue because when I look around, cafes are slow, restaurants are slow, um, and people are really starting to tighten the belt. So I think it's an outlier and I don't expect it to continue in those numbers going forward. So does this mean you're a bear for the Australian market then? Should we avoid Aussie stocks? Yeah, to some extent, I think I think we we, we still haven't got inflation under control. Um, it's definitely not under control. You can see that when you go to the grocery market. Um, you know, we, we've been helped with the oil price coming down and the petrol gauge gone down. Um, but energy prices, we've had to have the federal government come in and cap energy prices because it's such an issue. And when we're the, one of the largest gas producers in the world and got plenty of energy, so um, I would I would I would be tentative on overexposure to Australian equities. The second reason is they've outperformed um, considerably well in this environment when you look at it compared to US equities or European equities. And I think you start to see some movement towards those and away from Australia. All right, Jack. Thanks as always for the chat. That was Jack Cousy, Director for Strategy at VFS Group, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Interesting, it contrasts uh, China versus Australia, where I think for China, the rabbit morphs into something that has hoofs and has horns, <laughs> whereas perhaps <laughs> in moving Australia... Moving very quickly. Moving over. very quickly, whereas perhaps south down, south down under, it morphs into something with, I think, sharper claws. Well, the Australian market has been held up, I think, by the performance of the commodity because yeah. China is reopening. So it's all linked back to China. But the domestic economy pretty much soft considering the inflation is high. Also, uh, people's how they feel in terms of their net wealth is very much driven by the property sector. And we know in Australia that has been in the doldrums for the last, what, at least one year, if not longer. And does that explain why the Aussie dollar has been strengthening, even though we see all this negative internal consumption data, but because it's very much interlinked to commodities and China's reopening, you're seeing the strengthening Aussie dollar. That could perhaps put some buffer and help to the domestic local economy in the midterm? Uh, yes, because it will mean there will be less imported inflation for yeah. the moment. Uh, Aussie dollar against the ringgit this morning, 3.0147, but not so good for their... Ex- well, if you're an exporter, not so good if your Aussie dollar is actually, uh, actually strengthened. So earlier with Jack, we were touching on the Microsoft results that came overnight. Uh, I'd like to look at some other earnings that came out, which is uh, we see Texas Instruments, one of the world's largest chip makers. They suffered their first sales decline since 2020 and gave a tepid forecast for the current quarter, hit by an industry slump. Earnings were at $2.13. Net income came at $1.96 billion US dollars. Revenue was at $4.67 billion, down 11% sequel. And 3% from the same quarter a year ago. Now, Rich Templeton, as chairman and president and CEO of Texas Instruments, said the results reflect weaker demand in all end markets, with the exception of automotive. Now, looking ahead, the company foresees revenue in the first quarter to be about $4.17 to $4.53 billion, which I think is kind of comparable with average of analyst estimates of about $4.41 billion. I think the outlook's already reflected in terms of the uh, earnings expectations and the number of buys on it, because currently there are only 10 buys, according to Bloomberg. 22 holes, 
three sales. Consensus target price for this stock, 174 US dollars and 52 cents. At regular market hours, it was already down one dollar and thirteen cents to 177 US dollars and four cents. So chips definitely going through a bit of a famine at the moment. There's a, this feast and famine cycle. We saw it during a feast during COVID-19. I think a little bit too much of capacity. There's also sluggish demand for consumer end products as inflation starts to bite. So as a result, we are seeing prices as where they are at the moment. All right, 7.18 in the morning. We're heading to some messages. We'll come back and cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.